Welcome everyone, I'm Sam Sebastian, and you're listening to How Are You Doing Really? In today's episode, I have the honor of speaking with my friend Sam Stern. Sam is the creator of Voices of Esalen podcast, and I really wanted to have him on today to share about his experience during COVID and this tumultuous time that we're in. Um, He shares about raising his newborn daughter during this time and what it's like to be away from his family and extended network Um, and and some of the practices uh, that he's found that really help him to stay grounded during this time. And um, he also goes into a bit about how starting or creating the podcast Voices of Esalen has really um, just opened up his uh, creativity and really has found a way in, in which he gets to share uh, with the world his his work, essentially. So I hope you enjoy. Welcome, everyone. I am Sam Sebastian, and I'm joined today by my friend Sam Stern. Uh, he's a friend of mine that I met at the Esalen Institute in Big Sur. Um, I feel like I may may have met you either the first or the second time that I was there. For some reason, the second time kind of feels like it's right. It was it was in uh, 2016, um, and I had done a about a month and a half of uh, work study there, and um, started the process of applying to get onto the massage crew, and and yeah. I, I think that's that's when we we first connected, but I I could be wrong. Um, but I I really wanted to invite Sam on the podcast today just to have a an open heartfelt conversation. I've I've had uh, some really um, sweet conversations with him in the past at Esalen, and and our, our most recent conversation just it really impacted me. Um, I, I lost my brother, um, at the beginning of this year and, um, yeah, just the way your, your presence and, and the way in which you, um, I guess make me feel, uh, it, it just, I would put it as just feeling really accepted and, and loved for who I am. And, um, so yeah, I, I just, <laughs> I want to say thank you for for um, being a um, male figure in my life that that I really look up to and and that I really appreciate. Um, and yeah, I'd maybe just give you a, a a little bit of time just to introduce yourself more if there's anything you'd like to add and um, just say hello. Sure. Sam, thanks for having me on. It's a pleasure to get the chance to um, speak, be heard, be be interviewed. I spend most of my time interviewing other people, so it's a cool way to um, learn more about my job. I think you know, and and think about the ways that it feels to be asked questions as opposed to always 
getting the chance to to pose them. I think it, I mean it's very empowering to be able to direct the conversation, and then it's there's a certain kind of vulnerability that comes probably from having the the conversation pointed at you and having to come up with something of value. Um, <laughs> I've always been more comfortable, sort of, um, yeah kind of creating the scaffolding for a conversation than having to to fill it in but it's cool that you um that you find me a person of of value i think i need that validation every so often so (laughs) thanks for doing that man of course you know i I've, i've been thinking about it and um one of the things that's just been a reoccurring theme through the process of starting this podcast is um just wanting to have conversations with with friends and and with people who are willing to to show up and and have really um, open conversations. As you know, the name of the podcast is "How Are You Doing?" Really, and and I, I think oftentimes um, when when we are asked or asked that question, "How are you doing?" It's it's a, a short kind of response. Um, or we, we tend to kind of hold back and uh, just only share so much, just gauging on, well, can this person even hold what I'm really going through? Um, and, and sometimes uh, we really are just doing great, you know. Um, but I, I do feel like everybody has uh, a story, you know. Everybody is having their own experiences and especially uh, during this time, you know, as, as COVID uh, hit and a lot of people have either lost jobs or have uh, had to shelter in place on their own and have been cut off from uh, connection and, and physical like connection with their friends, with their family, with their lovers. And so I, yeah, I just, I really was just drawn to creating uh, a space in which I could have uh, my friends and and whoever else, like I mentioned, um, is interested in having these kinds of conversations um, and just to share about their experience. You know, I I think there's so much that can can come from hearing what other people are are going through. Uh, a question that I like to kind of um, keep in mind as I'm engaging with others is like, uh, how can like they, they help me understand what they're going through. And then I also think to myself, like, how can I help them understand what I'm going through? And um, just kind of taking it a, uh, a step away from putting people maybe on the defensive or in an uncomfortable kind of on the spot kind of way. Um, so, so yeah, I'm, I'm curious how, how things have been for you during this time of COVID and, and so many other things going on in the world. Oh, I feel extremely lucky. Um, I feel like I'm in the top 1% of lucky people. Probably um, everybody in my life is healthy. I have a 10-month-old daughter named Roxy and uh, myself and my wife, Candice, and Roxy are just sort of, you know, enveloped in our life. Uh, you know, I, 
with all the noise and all the craziness, all the worry that, um, that we deal with as people in a media connected society, I'm able to retreat to the, um, the microcosm of my family. And in, in front of me each day, there's a valuable task of trying to raise my daughter, you know, all the, really um, small practical things that you got to do that you got to change her diaper. You got to make sure there's food there. You got to make sure she's, you know, she's not losing her mind from teething. All this stuff focuses me and it helps me um, not get caught up in the existential uh, drama of, you know, cause sometimes I'll, I'll lay awake at night and try to fix the entire world in my head, you know, but obviously I'm not able to make any practical change that way. And so concentrating on the small practical things that I not only am able to do, but that I have to do uh, has really been a gift for me during this time. Um, just like everybody else, I miss seeing my extended network. I really miss seeing my, my parents who live in North Carolina. And I, I hate the fact that they're not able to see Roxy and watch her grow up. We, we canceled a trip uh, that we'd been planning for a long time to go see them uh, just recently. And it sucks, you know? Um, but that's just the way it is right now. So in answer to your question, how am I doing really? I'd say feeling really lucky and, and really, 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 really grateful that able to live my life in Big Sur and, and, and take my daughter for walks outside. Um, yeah, I think I don't have any, any complaints. Yeah. It, it sounds like she's just been a huge blessing to have in your life. Um, getting to meet her, she just has this bright, like joy and, and light, um, coming and radiating from her. <laughs> Yeah, and and you brought up your your brother and the loss that you've experienced over this last year. I I think that that you know um, Candace had a really close call during her her pregnancy. She had a pulmonary embolism that came up in her eighth month, um, and the situation was extremely dire. We got rushed to the hospital at UCSF. Uh, we we were up in 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 Carmel Valley when this whole thing went down and got luckily made it to the the hospital in Monterey, but then had to, you know, take an emergency ambulance to, to UCSF. And in, in any case, yeah, we almost lost Candace. And that was a turning point for me in, in terms of, I, I've been really um, ambitious and focused on how I can make my, my offering to the world, you know, with my art and, and stuff like that. That's always been my, my focus and just sort of the, that occurrence has been a, a, a chance for me to, to recognize, Hey, it, it doesn't matter, man. It doesn't matter if you uh, make some sort of dent, some foot kind of footprint on the, on the world with your ego and, and your, your so-called work. The really important thing is your marriage and your family and your, your daughter. And so it's, it's been a, a huge awakening and I think it's allowed me to enjoy 
my my day-to-day existence more so again lucky yeah i mean i i remember it it was a pretty close call with her um being in the hospital and and being pregnant and i i i can't even imagine um what that that experience must have been like and and i i'm just so grateful that she made it through they both made it through and um are are healthy you know and and i think when when we go through experiences where uh, we either lose loved ones or get really close to losing loved ones it's it's like it it shifts our perspective on on the world and and what what's important what what matters most and i'm i'm curious if if that if that's what you were kind of speaking about it it just shifted things for you and and what mattered more um would you say yeah yeah i would say so i think that's that's what i've been getting at and the conclusion that i've been coming to is there's just some sometimes i can get tunnel vision and get really focused on what, what's my contribution to the world and i've gone i've had lots of ups and downs in my um my career as a creative person and and had lots of times when I felt like I was failing and uh, just sort of this feeling of insignificance would just dog me. And it's like, Oh man, I wish this, I wish I could have that. I wish I could be this where um, it's like the experience that I had this summer was like a, a slap in the face in a good way. And making me realize that my my priority system can be reevaluated, and that ultimately it can lead to a lot more pleasurable existence, and that there's this element of being in the present and appreciating what what's going on that is available to me and always has been available to me, but um, but I need to I need to focus on on that priority as opposed to something that that's more sort of in the line of um, satisfying my ego, I guess. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's a continual process and yeah, I'm just so grateful for, um, for Candace and, uh, and her st- strong heart that, that got through this, um, this crisis. So. Yeah. Um, where, where did y'all meet? If, if you don't mind me asking. I met Candace um, summer of 2011 when she was interning in the Esalen Farm and Garden, and I came through as a work scholar. And I got placed into the Farm and Garden. I had been there the previous year, and I had some farming experience, so I got the, the best job that a work scholar can get. You can get kitchen, or you can work in cabins, uh, doing laundry, cleaning or you can get placed in grounds, which is pretty cool. And you can do some landscaping or you can get put in the farm and garden. And that's, that's the, like the, the plum assignment. That's where we met and we became friends. She had a boyfriend at the time. So it was all platonic and cool. And when we left Esalen, uh, I sent her a letter because I was down in Los Angeles and I was just lonely and I was missing my, my friend from the, the month that we spent together. And then we kind of became pen pals and stuff. And, 
yeah, but probably like a year and a half later, her relationship ended and I went up to staff week in, I guess it was the end of 2012, right, right around the time that the, um, the apocalypse was supposed to happen that the what was it the winter solstice of, of of 2012 it was like the mayan calendar ran out yeah and um the world was supposed to end and it was right around that time perhaps basically perhaps exactly that day that we kind of like fell for each other so i don't know whether that prediction was completely off or completely on yeah I feel like Esalen has a way of um, just so many people that I've met there. Just it, it's a, a point of like convergence, you know, and and the energy of the land and um, the 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 healing work that takes place there, and and the conversations and uh, the connections. It's just been such a huge impact on my life and and where I'm at. Um, and I, I, I think about, um, I think I mentioned to you, uh, I, I got engaged the last time I was there, um, in, in, in February of this year and we were on, um, the point, uh, that's, that's kind of out by the Murphy house and you hop over the fence and kind of. Uh, there's two cypress trees that you can kind of sit in. Um, and then there's a little piece of land that kind of sticks out that you could walk out on. And um, I, I was not expecting <laughs> that to, to happen, but I was just so, so grateful. You know, I, I, I love that place. I, I love the land and, and for um, our, for, for Finn, my partner to, to propose to me there, it, it just, it meant a lot. And, um, yeah, I, I, I wonder, um, as, as things are, are closed there at the moment and, and they're, it's uncertain when they're, they're going to be opening back up and, um, just having very minimal uh, amount of people tending to the land and, and um, taking care of the space uh, and, and you um, being someone who works there um, and, and doing their, their podcast, how, uh, how is, how have you been navigating that? Or are you continuing to, cause I, I know a lot of the time, when you interview it's in person with workshop leaders who are coming in. Um, and, and I'm curious if that's something you're, you're keeping up with and, and doing kind of remotely with them now. Right. Yeah. Well, first of all, congratulations on your engagement. That's amazing and, <laughs> and a beautiful story. And, uh, I'm so happy that it happened at Esalen too. I, um, I was just having this conversation with, uh, James Fadiman, who's the, psychologist and uh he's famous for being a microdose researcher and he was telling me how he got married at Esalen to his wife Dorothy in the 1960s I'm just thinking about how many people met their partners there and whatever maybe not even met their partners but just met you know fell in love at the bread bar at Esalen it's been such a beautiful place of convergence uh such a great place to find like-minded people or somewhat like-minded 
but yeah, man, I'm still doing the podcast. And uh, when I first started doing Voices of Esalen, it was back in 2016, and I was doing phone podcasts and remote podcasts at that time, and the sound quality wasn't that great. And there was a guy who kind of like got on me. He was like, you need to do all your podcasts in person. You can get much higher sound quality and you can connect with the people better and whatnot. And so from mid-2016 until just a couple months ago, I did every single interview in person and, you know, really enjoyed that process and, and was able to dial in the room was able to dial in the sound quality and, and work on things. And then when the whole COVID thing came around, it was like, this is a great opportunity and not only an opportunity, but it, it's really important to, um, to put out some, some interviews that might be able to give people actionable tips uh, on how to deal with the anxiety of being inside a pandemic and uh, the mental health stuff that can come up from being quarantined and isolated. So I was like, man, fuck sound quality. <laughs> I'm going to keep on doing, doing interviews and go back to the, the remote thing. And so it's been an adjustment. It's a different thing to interview people when you can't see them and you can't get cues for when they're done talking or how uh, let them know by, by my face that it's time to stop talking so I can, <laughs> so I can break in and, and um, ask another question and kind of guide the conversation slightly differently. Um, I think there's a tendency for people to monologue when they, you know, can't pick up on facial cues. And I've, I've had that happen to me a couple of times and who knows, I might be able to, might be even doing that to you uh, at this moment because I can't see your, uh, your face from behind the microphone, but you're a nice guy. So I know you'll, you're cool with whatever I do. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I'm still, I'm still really enjoying, uh, doing the, the podcast and in a certain way, not having to be on campus with the person who I'm speaking with gives me a, a wider base to choose from because people only sometimes come to Big Sur once or twice a year. Yeah, I I imagine um, going from almost recording the majority of your podcast in person to now doing it remotely. It, it does it, it shifts the the dynamic, and if if there's no uh, video or, or visual um, ability to to see. Yeah, those cues that you would normally get in person, it, it is. It's something that you gotta kind of think about, and um, yeah, it's something that I've I've noticed myself doing as I am navigating this process of of creating this podcast. And and you've you've had the opportunity of of speaking with some really um, amazing people who who bring a lot of. Um, healing work into this world. And, uh, I, I just had listened to your, your interview with, uh, Richard Swartz, uh, the internal family systems, uh, therapist. And, and I was actually at Esalen, I think, um, when you recorded with him. Um, and mm. I, I think you had mentioned, yeah, yeah, I'm going to go, go interview him. 
um, shortly. And I just thought that was so rad um, that I get to talk to you before you did that. And, and to hear uh, just the depth that that conversation went to, you know, just it was it was kind of um, mind blowing for me, um, and and it was just really vulnerable uh, to hear you you share about your experiences um, and your internal process like that um, for listeners to hear and to get a an experience of what that that work can can do, um, and and I uh, yeah I was just really really touched by by that, um, that episode. So, so thank you for, um, being vulnerable and, and opening up about your, your process publicly. I know it, um, it isn't always easy and I've had the opportunity in the past to, um, it wasn't with a therapist, but I, I got to be on a podcast with uh, a friend of mine and, just having that experience of, of getting to, to share my story. Um, it was like, I, once I, uh, posted it and, and started sending it out to some of my family members, my parents, um, I was really scared. I, I shared some things that I just had not talked about with a lot of people. And, um, and it was like this huge weight was kind of lifted and and just the response from that experience from people listening to it i got so many messages and my mom called me and she was just like i love you i i love you and i i don't judge you for any of the things that have happened in the past i i just think you're an amazing person and um to have that kind of response and and to have that opportunity uh, is is a huge part of of why I'm I'm doing what I'm doing right now and and having these conversations um, with with people um, and I I um I wanted to to ask you uh, a question and and see if if you don't mind answering. Um, what would you tell your 20-year-old self? Hmm. That's a good question, man. Before I answer that, let me just, just address the, um, that I'm happy that you started a podcast too because I have to say that um, starting the Voices of the Vessel on podcast was probably one of the best artistic decisions I've ever made in, in my life. And I think anybody out there who's sort of like interested in, in doing a podcast, but they're kind of like on the fence, they're vacillating, whether they have the technical know-how or whether they have the whatever reason that, that's kind of like pushing them to one side or the other, I would say just do it. Just read a couple of articles and take the plunge and start one because what I don't think people talk about enough is that creating a podcast is an opportunity to speak to people who otherwise, why would they spend an hour of their time with you? Why would Richard Schwartz give me free therapy for, for an hour? He wouldn't, he wouldn't know me. I wouldn't have the, you know, the guts to approach him or the reason to approach him. But because of the format of, of the show, I was able to engage with him in such a way that, um, 
I got to deal with, with an issue in my life that had been, you know, dogging me for 20, 30 years. You know, the, it's that kind of, you step out on a limb by asking somebody who you're, you're interested in what they're, they're doing in the world um, to talk with you for an hour. And then that brings you closer to them. And then the whole sort of like dynamic that you're, that you're operating with um, can shift. So I've done 75 interviews for, for Voices of Esalen and I have benefited from every single one. Um, so to me, I'm, I'm the, the real beneficiary uh, of this work. And the, the fact that I can put it out there and share it with other people, sort of like it creates the more concentric rings of, of positivity. Um, but I feel like I, I'm at the center in, in terms of, of receiving the most. So in terms of, uh, I've, I've always thought that to make artistic projects work, you have to have this sort of um, inner shell of, of selfishness to, um, to sort of like fall back on. Like my friend Lisa Gadol uh, was talking about, she created this wonderful like um, choral project. And she, it's a community chorus thing for people who think they can't sing, but they can. And Lisa is this wonderful organizer of that event, but she knew that it benefited her, her mental health to have a weekly um, opportunity to sing. And so that was sort of like the piece of selfishness that was the motor that enabled her to be generous in creating this, uh, this thing that would benefit everybody. But um, damn, man, advice from my 20-year-old self I was so stupid and so run by my dick at 20 that I would say tap in more to your compassion and stop listening only to the, to the voices um, inside your dick that are telling you to do things and, you know, tap in more to your heart because that, compassion is there it just needs a little bit more um more investigation because it, its voice is being drowned out by the by the messages of of testosterone and adventure and i don't know if it would be possible I, i've i've come into my compassion a lot more in the past probably five to ten years um but yeah i think Sometimes I look back on the trajectory of my life and I, I wish that I had been more in tune with, um, yeah, with, with goodness and compassion, but, but Hey, that's the way it, that's the way it is. Yeah. I, um, one, I, I really appreciate you, you speaking to the importance of, of mental health during this time. And, um, I, I, I've just, I've been working, um, with various friends and, and teachers, um, in order to bring content and, and keep people connected during this time as we're all, um, in our homes and, and not going out as much, um, more so before I, I feel like as, as things start to open up, people are getting a little more interaction and connection in person. But um, 
I, I just had uh, a self-massage workshop that I led um, this past week. And, and there was a, a gentleman from China who was living in New Zealand and recently moved there right before everything hit and had to uh, shelter in place on his own and and not be near any family or friends and, and be away from them in a new country at the same time and just feeling really um, burdened with with what his emotions were were like during this this time and he found this app um, it, it's called Tantra for gay men and has just been going and doing all of these workshops because there's various workshops that are are led on there and um, he was just really grateful you know, to, to be able to join in um, and, and learn a practice of, of working on his own body. And um, it, it, it was just a really special experience, you know. And, and I think with um, creating podcasts during this time, um, people get to, to, to listen to people that have a lot to offer right now and, and, and things that they can take on and practice during this time, I think. There's just been so much slowing down that's happened in the world that it it's allowing us all to feel a bit more. And and I'm hearing and, and just noticing the conversations that continue to spark and happen. And it's just so fascinating. Um, there's a lot of blessings, I feel like, that have come from all of this. And and just to speak to you sharing about what you would say to your 20-year-old self, you know, I, I, I think about my 20-year-old self and um, just very similar, you know, it, it, there wasn't very healthy models to look up to. Um, and and I, the conversations around sexuality weren't being had in my family or um, in, in my immediate uh, friend groups. And so... I, I felt like, and, and the ones that were happening at that time just were based on uh, a lot of projections and, and what the culture and society was putting out there for us to kind of go off of. And, and that wasn't a healthy model. And, and I, I think back and I'm just like, man, I just made some really bad decisions during that time and kind of cringe at times when I think about that. And and I also, yeah, I, I feel like I've, I've found some compassion for for my younger self, and um, and I'm I'm just grateful for those experiences because I, I feel like it's it's who I am, like it's helped form who I am today. And um, rather than make those parts of myself wrong, it's it's I, I I've found love and and acceptance for them and. I just want to say um, thank you. Thank you so much for, for taking the time out of your day to um, have have this conversation with me. Um, and I, I, I'm just sending you and, and Candice uh, and, and Roxy a lot of love. And I, I look forward to, to seeing you all again in person, uh, hopefully soon, sooner than, <laughs> than later. Um, and and I, I'm just a huge fan of the work that you do with Voices of Esalen and, and, and thank you for inspiring me to do what I'm doing now with my podcast. 
Yeah, Sam, definitely. And let me know if you guys are going to come down to just Big Sur in general. We can go take a socially distant um, walk, or maybe go to Pfeiffer Beach, something like that. Might be fun. Yeah, for sure. Thank you all so much for listening today. If any of you'd like to find out more about the work that I do, you can go to samsebastian.com. That's S-A-M-S-E-B-A-S-T-I-A-N.com. And if you're interested in being a guest on the show, please reach out to me via email. That's sam at samsebastian.com. Much love.